Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List. Uh, on today's episode, we are going to talk about um, uh, a topic that I think is really fun, uh, car- chronic itching, uh, more tips and tricks as primary care providers and figuring out the diagnosis. Um, but first, uh, at the primarycarepod at gmail.com inbox, one of our listeners, anonymous listeners, wrote the most beautiful poem, an, an ode to all of our frontline workers. I, I think it's just beautiful. I really wanted to share it with you today. But in the spirit of, of getting in the mood of our frontline workers, um, I'm going to be reading this while donning uh, a surgical mask uh, over top of an N95, all under a papper. So you're going to have to give me a second here as I put everything on. And then, you know, I'm also going to wear a gown as well, along with this and gloves. Uh, I want to I present this and, and dedicate this, this poem uh, to the frontline workers uh, in, in full gear. So give me a second here. Give me a second. <clears throat> give me a second. All right. <clears throat> hey, got to put on my mask. Okay. Putting on my mask. Okay. Here come my mask. Uh, all right. Dear listeners. And we thank you for all your good words. And we are pleased with the And we are pleased with the And we are pleased with the And we And we are pleased with Wow, that was that was an, an amazing. Sorry, let me take off my stuff here. That was an amazing poem. I, I that was heartwarming, brought a tear to my eye. Um, and with that, we're gonna start today's episode. Bob, hit the intro music. Primary Care Podcast is written and edited by a family physician for an audience of other physicians, nurse practitioners, and physicians, assistants, residents, and medical students interested in primary care topics. This is not a podcast for patients and should not be used in medical advice. This is also a personal podcast, produced in my own time and solely reflecting my personal opinions. Statements of this podcast do not reflect the views, policies of my employer, past, or present, or any other organization with which I may be affiliated. Thank you for listening to the Primary Care Podcast. I'm Dr. Mark List, here to bring you the latest news, guidelines, and updates from primary care sources around the globe. Keeping it under 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry and I'm not that smart. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Primary Care Podcast. It's your boy, Dr. Mark List, uh, your favorite podcast host, bringing you the weekly uh, podcast update that you so desire. I'm your podcast companion, your uh, quarantine captain, uh, etc. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, Today, we're going to jump away from the coronavirus because I'm sick of talking about it. I'm sick of dealing with it. Um, I'm still dealing with it in my real life. So in my podcast life, we're, we're going to go away from it. We're going to do something different. Um, and for that different thing, because, you know, of course, we still have to continue to practice medicine, uh, we are going to talk about not, I don't, because all the news right now and all the, the good literature right now is all focused on publishing coronavirus updates and coronavirus treatments. And that's really good and important. And we're going to continue to push for things like remdesivir and coalescent plasma and things that seem to be helping a lot. Um, you know, hydroxychloroquine pretty much out at this point, but um, I'm not fully abandoning ship that it's toxic and horrible. I just think it's not as good as other things. Remdesivir at least has a little bit of improvement, probably not, probably not enough of world uh, world class treatment to uh, you know save us all. But um, at that point, sorry, my uh, heater kicked in for some reason, sitting next to me on the floor, even though it's middle of summer. 
Uh, I don't know why that happened, so sorry about that. Uh, professional podcast, as we've said in the past. But today we're going to talk about um, a, a new journal article, not a new journal article, an old journal article from 2013. I think this is one of the best dermatologic reviews I, I've ever read. Um, I read this a long time ago, um, and it was recommended to me by a dermatology friend. I had a question about chronic itching and what the workup should be in chronic itching. So today we're going to talk about Chronic pruritus, chronic itching, somebody who's itched for greater than six weeks on average, and what are we thinking about? Because in my world, right, I see a lot of eczema, I see a lot of uh, basic stuff that um, contact, chronic contact dermatitis, uh, but you know, dry skin that's causing some itching, but there's a lot of times where it's not necessarily even a primary dermatologic cause of the chronic itching, and yet, what's the workup? How's the management look like? What types of things should we be thinking about? If it is if it is uh, dermatologic or if it's non-dermatologic, what are we looking at? So now when we talk about chronic itching, uh, again, the diagnosis is at least six weeks, but oftentimes more. It may involve entire the entire skin area or just a particular area, right? As we get older, chronic itching increases. One of the reasons I bring up this article is because I just recently had a 95-year-old who was complaining of chronic itching that was not improving. Um, we will talk about her diagnosis, but she has uh, she had been complaining of this itching, and she has now in hospice care. And she was, um, you know, we thought maybe it was her opioids, so we didn't want to completely stop her opioids because she's dying actively, and so we wanted to, you know, be be cognizant of that. But then there were some other things that went through my mind. We did some testing and sure enough, that's the cause. So we're going to talk about that. Now, there are obviously several dermatologic diseases that cause this. In primary care, we talk about atopic eczema all the time. Psoriasis, lichen planus, scabies, super common things, xerosis, you know, just general dry skin can cause a lot of general chronic itching. And so there's four groups, right? There's dermatologic causes, there's systemic causes, which I want to talk about a lot today, like don't miss these red flag, red flag, red flags, things like that. Uh, number three, neuropathic causes, which I think is a really interesting um, topic that I don't think about ever. And number four is psychogenic causes. So we talked about the dermatologic causes already. Uh, we see those a lot. Those are things that should have a primary rash to trigger your brain into thinking so. Sometimes it's hard to see. Sometimes it's not always clear. Sometimes that might be something that you don't know as a primary care clinician, um, that you don't necessarily know what those rashes look like. Maybe you need a punch biopsy. Maybe if you don't feel comfortable doing a punch biopsy, this is something that you need a dermatologic referral in. But again, something that you can visually see that cues you into it being a dermatologic condition. Because all of the main common causes of dermatologic conditions that cause rashes or causes itchiness should also cause some kind of primary rash. But that second category, the systemic causes, may or may not show anything other than generalized erythema and excoriations from the patient itching. And you can maybe hear me fake itching because I'm a psychopath that has to act out things as I talk about them. Um, when, uh, what are these type of things? Well, there's a lot, but cholestasis can cause that. Um, we see that in pregnancy a lot, uh, or we, we see that in pregnancy, but even in the general population, cholestasis can cause systemic itchiness. 
chronic kidney disease, elevated uremia can cause this. Myeloproliferative disorders. So Hodgkin's lymphoma, classically, one of the primary symptoms can be chronic itchiness. Hyperthyroidism, for example, can be another cause. There are others that we'll get to. Um, that third bucket is something I never think about, which is neuropathic causes. Notalgia parasthetica is a distinctive itch of the upper back that I, I, I never think about. Uh, brachioradial paritis, uh, a characteristic itch of the arms, which is likely a spinal nerve impingement issue. And then that fourth bucket, which is psychogenic causes, which uh, unfortunately I've seen quite a few of, which are really, really quite miserable, right? And so those are things like some people get an obsessive compulsive disorder where they feel like they have an itch and they have to keep scratching it, itching it, picking at it. But delusions of parasitosis is, oh boy, oh boy, man. If you've never had a patient with delusions of parasitosis, um, I've had one and he didn't like my diagnosis that I thought it was psychogenic. And so he went to a different person and I never heard from him again. But it was clearly the guy thought that he had worms crawling in his skin. Now, my partner has somebody who has been with him for years, if not decades, and has literally picked a hole in his cheek where you can literally look through the cheek into the skin because he's picked at his skin so badly and just absolutely destroyed the skin uh, on his body just from picking these worms and and parasites out of his skin as he thinks that they're in there. Um, that is that is actually pretty crazy, but it happens. Um, I wanted to uh, talk about, well, how do we as a primary care doc manage this? The article talks about, oh, make sure you do a good history and physical. Well, I mean, you're looking at rash or no rash, right? Evidence of primary skin lesions without chronically scratched lesions, or are there no primary skin lesions? And all you see is just generally excoriated skin, right? That looks dry because it's itched and because you're itching it, right? And if you can't tell, sometimes you have to do a, a, a brief either, you know, calming down of the skin with topical cream and then bring the patient back if it didn't heal, right? To see if you've now gotten rid of the excoriations. Maybe you haven't gotten rid of the excoriations using using good treatment. Um, or do we just need to go ahead and straight biopsy it? You know, if it's just excoriated skin, there should be no underlying skin damage. But again, excoriated skin still looks differently than normal skin. So when we look at, we talked about, we talked about the dermatologic causes being atopic dermatitis, psoriasis, cirrhosis, scabies, contact dermatitis, insect bites, and lichen planus. <clears throat> now again, primary skin lesion, you look at it, you should either biopsy it or refer on to dermatology, or maybe you can make the diagnosis without even you know needing anything else. That's great. What if it's a non-dermatologic cause, right? So those systemic causes we talked about, chronic kidney disease, cholestasis, Hodgkin's lymphoma, or other myeloproliferative diseases, man, I'm gonna mess that up, um, polycythemia vera can definitely cause it. Um, the article mentions hyperthyroidism, which I've actually never seen in hyperthyroidism causing itching. And they talk about HIV infection being a, another cause of systemic itching. So it, to differentiate dermatologic causes, non-dermatologic causes, you have to look at a CBC. We just talked about polycythemia vera, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, things like that. You got to get a CBC. Uh, the other thing you need to get is probably a complete metabolic panel, something that has creatinine, your, uh, you know, BUN in it to look for hyperuremia and liver function tests to look for cholestasis issues or potential gallbladder issues. When we think about that hyperthyroidism, of course, the TSH is always relevant. They talk about an HIV ser serologic analysis, which in my population, I think that's 
a pretty big first step to jump to for chronic itching, but maybe if your population is a little bit different than mine, um, again, I'm in a really high socioeconomic area. Maybe that's me uh, with, with very low endemic HIV rates in the, in the, in the community. Maybe your community is different. Maybe I'm under judging my population. Um, I have had a couple of HIV positive patients that I've diagnosed one and I've had several others that have HIV. So it's not like it's uncommon here, but you know, it's not like it's rare here, but definitely maybe not first step for me. They talk about doing a set rate just for, again, generalized inflammation to see if there's something weird going on. They also talk about a chest radiograph, again, for Hodgkin's lymphoma and things like that, but um, maybe a little bit less likely. Neuropathic causes really hard. Um, obviously, the brachioradioparitis and the natalgia parasthetica have very specific regional itching. So again, think about those type of diagnosis. If it's just a localized regional issue, again, whether that's a um, nerve impingement or nerve neuro, neuropathic cause. And they also talk about post-herpetic itches. So people that have had shingles in the area, the itching just won't go away. Obviously, we think about that being, you know, shingles related itching. And then if you can't find anything, then we think about a psychogenic cause, or if it just sounds like a psychogenic cause, like they say, I have worms in my skin, I have to pick these parasites out, obviously that's a psychogenic cause. So that's kind of the, the workup, for example. Now, when we talk about management, right, topical emollients have, have a good effect, right? There's almost no side effects. Um, they work really well for things like atopic eczema, a general dry skin itching, and it helps get a barrier to prevent damage of the skin. Glucocorticoids obviously are usually almost our entire first-line treatment, triamcinolone, you know, hydrocortisone, triamcinolone. Uh, uh, I'm blanking on my names as it, clobetazole, uh, uh, things like those, uh, really, really, really are, are, are probably our first-line treatments. Um, for those neuropathic causes and the itch caused by chronic kidney disease, though, think about other things like capsaicin-type creams, right? Um, lidocaine and, and prilocaine patches, for example, can be really helpful in people that have neuropathic itches. Things like uh, if you've had a burn and you have neuropathic itching from a burn area, sometimes lidocaine patches can be a good one to skin is healed. For things like uh, facial areas. Uh, if you have facial dermatitis or facial itching, you got to be careful about glucocorticoids, obviously. So calcineurin inhibitors can be really helpful. Now, what about what about systemic therapies? Well, hydroxyzine can be helpful. Obviously, you got to watch out for drowsiness and old people. You got to be, you know, got to be cautious about. Um, doxepin can be helpful. Diphenhydramine can be helpful. And then we think about if it's neuropathic, gabapentin and, and pregabalin actually have um, decent evidence. I say decent just because they're not always the best evidence to medicines, but gabapentin does help with the itch. Um, interestingly, for people that have just generalized itchiness, again, neuropathic or OCD, things like paroxetine have actually been shown to have good anti-itch properties. So consider that for your OCD patients. Uh, uh, obviously, it's not the best drug, packs less severe withdrawals, uh, really hard to use in your pregnancy-age females. Um, but mirtazapine, amitriptyline also have good anti-itch properties for uh, neuropathic itching, um, but also for OCD-related itching and also for generalist itching, even if the patient has an actual dermatological condition. Uh, you really have to watch out for opioids uh, being a trigger, um, although they say that you can actually use like naltrexone can actually stop the itch as well, which is interesting. So 
Uh, when we think about itching, not all that itches is a rash. Sometimes it can be a sign of something more serious underlying. Uh, gotta be looking for those things, thinking about those things. And while in primary care, certainly uh, we see more primary dermatological conditions and other things, we are absolutely going to see the systemic causes. So be on the lookout, uh, know how to work that up, uh, know when to suspect neuropathic symptoms, know when to expect psychogenic symptoms, uh, and know when you are over your head and need to punt. But feel more comfortable now with this knowledge uh, that you can handle chronic itching very easily in your own practice without the experts involved. Uh, and go forth primary care practitioners and practice good medicine. Remember, this has been Dr. Mark List with the Primary Care Podcast. Uh, remember, hit me up at primarycarepod.gmail.com with any questions, news, uh, articles that you want me to review, any jokes, uh, hit me up. And uh, we will sign off saying, remember, you don't have to stay up all night, stay up to date. Thanks and have a great day.